This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it it is the best way to get to really know the guest. Today's episode is Jamie Roots. He has been one of Houston's leading executives for more than two decades. He currently serves as the president of the Houston Texans and is responsible for all business functions of the club. Since joining the Texans, Roots has overseen the team's effort to secure stadium naming rights and sponsorship, coordinated radio and TV broadcasting relationships, engineered the club's successful ticket and suite sales campaigns, led the creation and the launch of the team's identity, and developed the team's highly acclaimed customer service strategy. Before joining the Texans, he was the president and GM of the Columbus crew of Major Major League Soccer. And now he has a new book coming out, which we're going to chat about that sounds exciting, called The Winning Game Plan, a proven leadership playbook for consistent business success. And it's all sort of built over his 30 years in the sports industry. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. It's great being with you. No, I'm super excited to chat with you. It's, you know, what you've done is super cool and, um, you know, it's inspiring. But tell us a little bit about who Jamie is and how you ended up where you are. Yeah, uh, well, uh, it's been a it's been a, f- a fun ride and, and writing a book causes you to reflect back on that, kind of walk down memory lane. So it's all very fresh in my mind. I, I grew up as a, an athlete um, and I know a lot of your uh, your listeners are avid athletes. I was in that vein. Uh, playing soccer, playing all sports, but I really zeroed in on soccer because I started to see some success as a, you know, an elementary school and, and uh, the idea of travel teams were taken off. And then I got an opportunity with the U.S. national team program and didn't quite make it to that high, uh, high level. But then really things clicked for me at Clemson University. It was a wonderful experience. But my challenge was I'd never thought beyond my graduation day. You know, I thought, yeah, this is just going to go on forever. And like, you know, I guess some people experience it was like a, like a train wreck, you know, I just crashed and had to find a job. So I didn't really put in anything into what kind of career I, I really wanted to play professional soccer, but it didn't exist. So, um, so I went and took a job at IBM. I was in computer sales uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. I learned a lot of things. Uh, probably the most important thing I learned is that I didn't want to work for IBM. And uh, after those three years, I uh, had a you know, chance discussion with our athletic director at Clemson and told him, I really believe my heart's in athletics in some way. And he said, well, do you want to be a, you want to be a coach or do you want to work in a business? I said, yes, that's what I want to do. He goes, no, they're not the same thing. You know? so, so I took advantage of the opportunity to go back to graduate school, which just like this book, is something that for whatever reason, I always wanted to do it. And uh, whether it produced anything or not, but it wound up being a, a tremendous uh, career pivot to be able to go and do something differently. Uh, I coached at Indiana. I worked in the athletic department um, and, and developed those uh, you know, pretty, pretty solid business acumen in hopes that I could find a business of sports role. But it didn't emerge. I've interviewed with tons and tons of people, informational interviews, and I do them all the time now because I know how important it is in helping people to break into the industry. Uh, so I took a job in brand management with Procter & Gamble, and it was the same kind of 
empty feeling for me. Although I was excelling at what I was doing, I didn't have a passion for it. And so fortunately, I got an opportunity with Lamar Hunt when uh, he was part of a group starting Major League Soccer. He, for whatever reason, gave me the opportunity at 29 to, to lead the development of the team and uh, spent five years there. We built a stadium. We built a training facility. Most importantly, we built a tremendous experience and, and base of, of fans. And I took those uh, learnings from Lamar, really kind of trial and error, and took those with me to uh, Houston and put in place the same plan. And, you know, 20 years later, you know, I think we've, we've, we've figured it out pretty good from a business perspective and have seen tremendous success. But it's kind of interesting on the book. You know, uh, people ask me, you know, they ask you, what was the genesis? But I can remember the day. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Greg Beatles, who's executive vice president of the Atlanta Falcons. We had an owner's meeting. And the owner's meetings are just steeped in tradition. Everyone sits at the same seat every time. For 20 years, I've been sitting at the, sitting at the same seat. And Greg Beatles has been across from me that entire time. And Greg said, Jamie, every time I look at the metrics, the business metrics, you guys are always at the top. But you haven't, you've never even gotten to a Super Bowl. How, how has that happened? And I remember when I got home, I said, you know what? I, I could call and tell him this story, but I need to write it first. And so that's what I did. Wow, that's fascinating. No, and, and that, you know, I'm not a football guy, right? So I've got a million questions of how the whole football world works and the NFL works. I'm an individual sports guy, but it's all sport, right? It's, it's business. It's a business of, business of sport is what we're really seeing. And you've really embraced that and figured it out. Well, we're a, we're a community asset, right? We are, we are one of those rare things that people can, can establish identity with. Um, just like the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, it becomes part of your life. And you're a Texan or you are a rodeo volunteer and it's part of who you are. Uh, it, doesn't have, it doesn't matter what happens on the field. You want to be part of something bigger than yourself. Fortunately, in every football team, whether you win or lose, you have tremendous athletic achievements happening on the field. They're so fun to watch. You know, they're just such tremendous athletes. Um, and the, but, but we've wrapped it in an experience which is quintessentially Texas. I mean, there's nothing more Texas than barbecue. There's nothing more Texas than hospitality and friendliness. And with that, we'd have 30,000 people two and a half hours prior to kickoff doing something that we don't do day to day with these uh, phones and computers and everything isolating us. Football brings us together. Houston's the most diverse city in America and nothing brings us together like the game of football. And that's super exciting, right? And, and one of the things that you said is identity. And I think it gives people an identity, right? The fans, oh, I'm a Patriots fan or a Texans fan or whatever, Cowboys fan or whatever it is. And, and people carry that with, you know, sort of a badge of honor. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's social capital, you know, to be able to talk all week long about your team. If people bond over it. I think about the relationship that I have with my daughter. It's, it's all around football. And she has gotten into football to connect with her dad. She's one of the most avid football fans I know. And my son the same way. I, we would not have nearly the relationship without something that, that we both experience, we both can talk about, and you splash in their daily life, uh, but you've gotten the platform to be able to engage with somebody that you love. So right now we're in the middle of the world of COVID, right? Which is, which is craziness to begin with. And while everything's crazy, <laughs> as we're speaking right now, the day before the election, right? It's, it's, who knows what's going to happen next? But with that being said, how is, you know, how is the Houston Texans dealing with COVID? How's the NFL dealing with it? Talk to us a bit about 
because I'm, I'm sure in the past, it's never really been a challenge to really deal with, you know, getting people there and, and, and everything else. But now it's a totally different ballgame. Talk to us about sort of the resiliency of moving through probably one of the craziest downturns ever in the entertainment space. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible time to be in the mass gathering business. So, yeah, exactly. And, and if our business results weren't so terrible for this year because of COVID, um, you know, this would have been a fascinating year, you know, because you're just like, this is the first time I'm on this platform talking, you know, every day, it seems like I have a new platform that I'm learning and uh, it's great. It just keeps you, keeps you alive and keeps you challenged because, you know, to do the same thing for 20 years, even though we're always thinking of, we use this get better mentality, always looking to get, get better and new and innovative and creative and fresh. And, but this year it's all been completely new. Um, so I'm proud of the job that our team has done. We, up until a week ago, we hadn't had one, we did not have one positive test over months amongst our players. And even that one positive test, we were able to isolate, take care of that player. And now the balance of our team remains healthy. And those examples are across the National Football League. Cool thing is nobody thought this was possible, that you could bring NFL athletes together and have them remain healthy. Nobody thought you could open up and have 13,000 people in the stadium and be able to do it in a way that you don't create COVID spikes. But we've done both of those things. And I'm really proud. It just shows the determination and the resilience and the creativity and the acceptance of ambiguity that I see within our organization all the time. And other teams are doing, doing the same thing. It's, I'm just really proud of how we've responded because in life, it isn't what happened to you. It isn't what happens to you. It's your attitude towards it that makes all the difference. No, and that, you know, and I love, and I love what you're saying there, right, is that resiliency piece. If someone said to you, and, you know, this was three weeks into it, but now we're, you know, six months or nine months into this, that every kid in America is going to be homeschooled and that 90% of the people are going to be working from home within 72 hours, people tell, you can't do that. They're crazy. And gosh darn it, they were up doing it right away and ready to, you know, let it rip by, you know, it happened on Friday afternoon or Saturday. They were going up, you know, strong by Tuesday, Wednesday with no hiccups. It was amazing. Yeah, Ken, we, we, we had the same experience. In fact, I was la laughing with my general counsel earlier today. I said, you remember back when, uh, when, when I wasn't willing to commit to more than a week of people working from home because I knew this thing was going to end? You know, and, and we've gone through a number of hurricanes here in Houston, and we've gotten really good dealing with that kind of adversity and complexity. And, and threat to our staff and to our community. But this is like a hurricane that's lasted for seven months. I mean, it, you get tired after a while. Hurricanes is sprint. And everybody had to, after a couple of weeks, just kind of lay back and say, this is gonna be around for a while. We're gonna make the best of it. We're gonna prepare for our season. We're gonna take care of what I call the machine. And really the machine is uh, two key components. Our people, the talent that we have here, and make sure that them and their families are safe and they get through this well. And mentally, they feel good about uh, being protected and their job's not at risk and all those kinds of things. And then the other piece of the machine is our relationships, you know, being overly fair. Like I, I say I always use put the gun in their hand, whether it's a sponsor or a season ticket holder or a suite holder. You know, uh, what do you think the most fair thing is to do? And whatever you want to do is what we're going to do. And I find I've found 10 times out of 10 people are look. That's all they're looking for. They, they just want to be in control of their destiny. They usually 
likely will give you more than what you thought they were going to give you because they feel as much concern for you as you feel for them. And so that the machine has been protected. We're ready to start 2021 in the same fashion as we did 2020. And I don't expect that this is anything other than a pothole. I, I had prayed, prayed uh, for days at the beginning of this, God, just let this be a mulligan, right? I'd be happy to fast forward a year and just keep us where we are. And fortunately, that's what's happened. No, exactly. And that's what people are saying about 2019, right? They're like, <laughs> that it can't, and then it turned into 2020 of, of what's going on. But talk to us, a, let's shift gears here a little bit about your book, right? And everyone, endorsement for Coca-Cola. Oh, there you go. You know, everyone's always looking for the quick fix, right? And I think that's the big thing. And, and I love your title for consistent business success. Talk to us about that because that is never in anyone's title of any book, right? They're like, oh, you're going to seven figures in seven weeks or, you know, you're going to take 10 strokes off your golf game if you, if you do this. I'm like, my golf game, they should be paying me negative golf strokes on my golf game for every time you read this or go, you know, run a minute faster and, you know, whatever you're doing. So, and, and you know, by the end of that, you know, that afternoon, you've moved on from it. So talk to us a bit about, you know, the consistent success piece. I love that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've always found that you can, you can, I mean, you can win quickly, you know, you can just zip out there and, and, uh, and crush it. But it takes something different to sustainably succeed. And they're really fundamental principles that I talk about, the principles that we use but I think they're timeless principles, but you know, it, it, about 20 years into my leadership journey, and, and I am a student of leadership, of individuals, of books, I'm kind of a self-help guy by nature. You know, I never liked, I, I wanna read something that's gonna make me better, you know? And so if, um, I mean, if you treat people fairly, you treat people with respect, if you give them what they want, they will give you in return uh, what you're looking for. And so whether it's an employee who's looking to be respected and to be praised and to be valued, you know, or it's a, a, a limited partner that's looking to know that you got your eye on the ball and all the, all the bases are covered or a customer that's looking to receive, you know, more than fair value for their investment and to be treated with respect. All these simple fundamental things don't, I mean, it, you don't take off like a rocket, but you can consistently uh, and, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about the relationships we put together with broadcasting and naming rights and sponsors and ticket holders. And all those people are the same. They've been with us for 20 years. They've had lots of opportunities to leave. They've had expiration of contracts. They've had two and 14 seasons. None of them had chosen. In fact, they've reinvested and increased their investment because they, they, they know they're aligning with a winner, somebody that's going to deliver a great, great value for them. Um, and you know, if you really do approach it as a, like I said earlier, you know, the, put the gun in their hand, that's probably the most important thing is they know they can trust that no matter what, we're going to get it right for them. Not all the time and maybe not uh, right away, but we, we are so committed to being, to, to developing loyalty that we'll get it right over time. That's what's most important to us. More important than business results is our reputation because at the end of the day, as an individual or an organization, that's really all you take with you is your reputation for fair dealing. No, and I love what you said there, sort of put the gun in your own hands. And my favorite question in sales is, what are your thoughts, right? And then they'll tell you, everyone tells you what their thoughts are, but you got to give them an opportunity to do it. And that's invaluable, invaluable experience. Yeah, that's respect. That's the foundation. I respect your opinion. And, uh, and 
you know, you, you, you know what you want and it's my job to give it to you in an exceptional way. And the other piece I said, you know, that I liked what you're saying there too, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? I think there's plenty of guys in the hall of fame who've hit lots of singles and lots of doubles and you don't need to be a home run hitter to get there, but they are consistent. And with those consistent numbers, they just keep rolling over and over and over. And next thing you know, they're in the lead. Yeah. And uh, the, the, uh, the other thing that is talked about in the book, and I can't, I mean, it's a really long piece of it, but handling adversity and handling success, you know, once you start to see success, it's very easy to, uh, to uh, drink your own Kool-Aid. And it's, and the NFL is just, it's a microcosm of the world it, working in an NFL franchise. First, from week to week, you're doing one thing or the other. You're either having adversity because you're having a terrible season, or you're going, you're 7-0 and right now, and you feel like you can beat the world. But what happened, the, the handling adversity is easy because it's clear and it's present and you have to handle it. There, somebody's tapping you on the shoulder, and so you got to buckle down and you got to take care of it. The only trick in there is anytime you're facing adversity, you know, uh, there's challenge and there's opportunity at the same time. So just to stay calm and look for the opportunity within the adversity on the success side, it's a silent assassin. It, it does not warn you when it's coming and it is always sowing the seeds of your destruction. And so to have consistent success, you constantly have to be toggling on both of these things so that you don't get so arrogant that you lead to your own demise and you don't allow the temporary challenge to crush your spirit so that you can't see a better day. No, and I'm a big fan of sort of the diesel engine philosophy, right? It takes a while to get up to speed, but once it's, it's speed, it's just gonna keep rolling and it can go through anything, right? It's, it's not a nitrous tank that's going to go fast and then blow up and come down the other thing. And you see that with athletes. You see it with, with kids, right, that, have, you know, that, peak, that start winning early and they only know how to win. And then when something happens to them, it's game over, right? They win at 10, 11, 12, 13. And then all of a sudden everyone grows and they don't. And it's, you know, it's done. It's over with. And, and you can't celebrate that success like that. And if yeah. you do, it, you know, it takes you out at the knees. Yeah, it's, it's important now to never to skip steps, never to cut corners, because it's always going to come back to haunt you. Uh, build it one step at a time, one layer at a time. And over time, you know, as you look back, you're like, wow, amazing what we've accomplished. But we've, we've done it one step at a time in a fundamental, responsible way. And, you know, amazing once you're out there. Now, where do you see football in the NFL coming out of this, right? Like going into 2021, we mentioned a little bit, but what are your thoughts and how is it going to happen? And, you know, it, it, and, and it's so hard because there's so many different parts of the country with different levels of, you know, of, of people who are infected. Well, you know, in any crisis situation, which is, I, I mean, I not, not in some words, we're in the middle of a crisis, right? And 100%. Uh, any business, the first, the first order of business is cash is king. Right. So the first thing that the National Football League did in concert with the clubs was look at our our uh, economics and you know, our debt levels and what what was going to take for us to sustain ourselves through what we do believe to be a temporary uh, setback. I do believe the future is very bright for the National Football League. It's kind of like, you know, I guess I feel blessed in that we've been rewarded for 20 years, sold out every game we've ever played, had fantastic off the hook business uh, uh, success have a great base of committed partners that love being involved with us. 
with a wait list of 30,000 that want to come and be part of the Texans experience, I can take, I can take a one year uh, detour. Right. And uh, you know, they've rewarded us tremendously. And I think it, all we have to do is not lose our cool and just continue to operate with the level of integrity and concern for uh, our community concern for the, the quality of our relationships. If we, if we don't lose our mojo, we're going to be fine in terms of the league overall, that the, the uh, future is incredibly bright. Uh, I mean, we've all seen that in sports, given all the competition, because everybody's been playing at the same time, and this election is, is siphoning off viewers. Ratings are down somewhat, but if you look at uh, where the NFL is in terms of a multiple of, of the average prime, I think we're like four times. So it is uh, a very resilient audience. It's incredibly valuable to the broadcasters. It's the kind of thing that's uh, TiVo proof or uh, VCR proof because uh, everybody wants to see the game live. And I think we're going to have great success in our next round of negotiations. I've heard projections of a, of a doubling of our revenues vis-a-vis our television contracts, which are a big piece of the economic model. So I, I, I'm bullish on the National Football League. I don't think, I don't think it, this is going to be nothing but a pothole for us. Well, and I think too, right, especially right now with what's going on, it's sort of someone, it's a place to go on Sunday, right? It sort of changes, you know, the channel form per se to sort of get out of their own head and hey, let's watch, you know, let's sit down and watch the football game, right? And let's sort of, you know, for three or four hours get away from where we typically are. And believe me, like I said earlier, I'm not a huge football guy, but it's, it's always fun to watch, right? It's always fun to listen to. It's always fun to see what's happening. You know, I'm from New England, so we always won until this year, and now it's a little bit different ball game, but it's still fascinating to see because now it's a completely different ball game. So you can look at it from a different perspective, but I think that's sort of what life is. You're not always going to win, even though you got a 20-year dynasty. Yeah. Well, and we talk about three things within the organization. Win championships, and it's not that we do win, it's that we're committed to winning, and everybody in the community thinks we're shoving all the chips to the center of the table Every, every time because nobody wants to give of their, of their, of their commitment uh, if they don't feel like you're trying your very best to get it done. But the things that keep us really sticky are creating memorable experiences for people. It's not just open up the doors, have a football game and sell some hot dogs. We're trying to do something that bonds people like nothing else. And number three is to do great things for Houston. A strong Houston Texas um, automatically leads to a strong Houston Texans. And that's why I've been so actively involved as the chair of the Greater Houston Partnership, which is the leading business organization, have 120 CEOs on that board. Uh, The chair of the the United Way of Greater Houston, stepping up and doing the fundraising for COVID recovery, where we raised $17 million in concert with the the, uh, Greater Houston Community Foundation. And uh, to the extent the community sees us as being in it for the city, um, they, they can withstand a whole lot. The one group that I was a little concerned about because we have such a great tailgating culture, I mean, it's the best tailgating in the National Football League. It's, <laughs> it, you, you need to call it something else because nobody's on their tailgate. I mean, they have big uh, band, bands and stages and, and, and buses and, you know, they, they have taps on the sides of the buses and faces painted. And I was scared that they were going to get out of their tailgating form, but I was on, uh, I was on Facebook on Sunday afternoons, they're still tailgating. They're just doing it in their own uh, area because they know they can't do it at the stadium. There are 500 people out there with the TVs on. And the one comment that I thought was great is, I'm not really sure who won or who lost, but we had a, had a great time. Right. Because that's what it's all about. 
Well, and, and again, you know, and that's what's so crazy about this whole thing. You, you can actually tailgate with people around the country, right? You throw your Zoom on or whatever, and it's a live feed to, to what's going on. And again, that sort of, you know, it says it's the resilience of, of what we're doing. Um, and, and, and this whole environment has helped to reconnect friends, family, you know, Zoom being discovered, discovered as a, I mean, it just feels like you're in the same room with somebody. You know, there's so many blessings that have come out of it. I, um, I tell you, the relationship with my family got better, at least for a while while I was at home. Eventually, they're like, you need to get out of the house, right? right. But uh, at least for a while, I got to reconnect with them. No, but that's, again, I think, you know, you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with it from so many different angles. Houston gets hurricanes. You guys, you know, obviously with the NFL, with what's going on, with everything that's happening, happening globally. But I think, and I'm not, I'm a skeptic, in general anyways, but I think this is probably one of the most interesting times or opportunity out there that there has ever been. It's, you know, again, what we were saying earlier is all of a sudden the entire world's working remote and we're up and running in three days that we did 12 years worth of technology in three days, right? So what, what's next and where is this going to go? And I think that's what makes it exciting for, you know, sort of business life and sport. I think, you know, a lot of people are, either, you know, are getting in great shape because they've got nothing else to do. Or, you know, the fact that people actually have to cook at home is so different than going out to eat all the time and your food's way healthier. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of good and a lot of people are just slowing down, right? I think at the beginning, there was a lot of anxiety, like, when's this going to end? We got to get back to work. We got to make it like it was. And now it's like, you know what, let's just chill a little bit and figure it out. Yeah. Embrace the difference. And, uh, you know, Ken, you, uh, you made a great point. People ask me all the time about uh, what, what, what things are going to change for good. I really believe that idea of X amount of innovation and Y amount of time. We did five years of innovation of the stadium experience in five months. And uh, I think that th those are all things that were going to happen. All it did was accelerate it. And I think most of our lives will go back to normal. And things that should have changed anyway, and we had never gotten around to making that change, those things are going to change, and they'll be, they'll be changed forever. But I think fundamentally, as a society, we'll be somewhat similar to uh, what we were at the beginning of 2020, once we roll into maybe the second quarter of 2021. Right. No, and hopefully... Probably wash our hands more. Yeah, well, that's it, right? And wear a mask. You're not going to get sick. So... <laughs> It's, uh, but again, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely an interesting time out there. And, you know, Jamie, we're coming up here on a half an hour and you've been awesome. Tell us a little bit about where people can find your book, where they can follow you, where they can see what you're up to, because you're doing some pretty cool stuff. Oh, Ken, thanks for saying so. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. I, you know, people give me energy, you know, and so, uh, these, these opportunities aren't as often as they've normally been in my life. And so I'm just thrilled to be with you. But the, the book, the best place to go for the book is Amazon and it will be, it will launch on the, uh, on the 10th of November. So 10th of November available at Amazon. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm posting uh, excerpts from the book to give you an idea of what it's about. Some of the reviews that have been done already. I'm blessed to have some, some great people that have been tremendous influences in my life that were eager to write a review and and uh, testify to you know me as a person in addition to the to the publication uh, and I have a website which is Jamie Roots J A N E Y Roots R O O T E S dot com I think it's live 
and it's got some great resources. Some, uh, you know, some some PDFs that you can download that uh, illustrate some of the concepts that I talk about in the book, and and I'll be uh, I'll be posting there regularly. So if folks are interested, you know, just the good news is is this doesn't stop, right? I've I've, I've been on a leadership journey, and a year from now, I'm going to have different ideas and thoughts than what I have today. Hopefully, a little better, maybe. And uh, this would be a good chance for people to keep up with. Uh, you, you don't have to do it yourself, right? You just follow along, and I'll be seeking out all the the best ideas and and uh, giving you some uh, you know some instruction on how to put them into practice for uh, for a more successful business and life. And one last thing I'll mention: somebody sent me over the weekend. They said, "Jimmy, you got to you got to change the title." As they're reading through it, I said, "So why?" I said, "Well, it talks about business success. This is a business. This is life. This is how you become a great person." Right. And, uh, but it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Not sending it back to the printer on that one. No, but no, this is, this has been an honor, Jamie, what you're doing is amazing. I love, you know, the whole consistent piece. I think, you know, that's such a differentiating factor from everyone else, but you know, I want to thank you for your time today, your insights and everything. So I really appreciate it. And thank you for being on. All right, my friends, stay warm. All right, get that snow shoveled out of the driveway. I know. I gotta do. It's. It, it, there's still a little bit left. I think my. But my dog loves the cold, so she just wants to be outside. So, and I'm like, my thin, my skin. It was 70 last week. Now we had the snow, so my my blood's not that thick yet. You know, and you know, this time next year we'll be like out in t-shirts, right, in the spring because it's. it's well, it's, be safe and all the best. Yeah. You. Appreciate your friendship. Exactly. This is great. And if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to me at kennethexecutiveathletes.com. Make sure you go out there, keep on crushing it, keep listening to the podcast, subscribe, but more importantly, take care of yourself. Be safe.